So I have a challenge for all of us. A Sunday after Thanksgiving, winter is clearly coming or possibly here. Challenge. We can think of it as truth or dare. Truth. What do we believe? Dare. What adventure are our spirits on? I took a class on contemporary art in high school. It was called Art Now! Exclamation point. I made a pillar swathed in saffron fabric topped with a pyramid of oranges that rotted over the course of my senior year. Very postmodern. We watched videos of installation artists like Andy Goldsworthy, and I experienced Dan Eldon's The Journey is the Destination. It was like Jack Kerouac's On the Road, but with pictures, politics, and transnationalism. Born in England, raised in Nairobi, and doused with the fervor for a screaming, dreaming life, Dan left four colleges to set up an aid fund and safari Eastern Africa. He called his voyage Desiree. In one of his notebooks, he wrote, Team Desiree, free at last voyages, the search for clean water in a swamp, mission statement for safari as a way of life. The mission statement was to explore the unknown and the familiar, distant and near, to record in detail with the eyes of a child any beauty of the flesh and otherwise, horror, irony, traces of utopia or hell. The most important part of vehicle maintenance, he wrote, is clean windows, so if you are broken down, you will enjoy the beauty of the view. Eldon has dotted in the margins, look for solutions, not problems, Avoid eating nasty foods when the taste can easily be improved with sauces. There is little difference between being lost and exploring. I begin here with a mission statement for free at last voyages with this story of a young photographer who traveled wildly because I and many of you are well acquainted with this kind of wanderlust. We know this Desiree, the desire to wear traveling shoes to get on that plane, that boat, that bus, to start walking. This is the adventure we can get behind, the kind of adventure we know something about. There's another kind of adventure that I keep hearing about, maybe one that some of you are more acquainted with. It's not wholly separate from Dan's Land Rover escapades up and down the long side of Eastern Africa, but it's pretty different. These are spiritual adventures, moments of divinity, of being with God, pilgrimages of the soul. Spiritual practices that have all the adrenaline of outward journeys all of the utopia, or hell, of seeing the world. So truth or dare, how bold are we in articulating our theology? 
How many risks do we take in our spiritual seeking? In many ways, we Unitarian Universalists are the epitome of spiritual risk takers. We dare to create our own theology, to make our own meanings, to study the mystics and theologians for ourselves and find the truest words in Howard Thurman or Rabbi Janath Tagore or Mary Oliver or our children. What incredible risk, what incredible reward. As Unitarian Universalists, we've left spiritual communities because they did not meet our needs. We've walked into places we did not know, encountering chalices, a new hymnal, new language. We've willingly made ourselves spiritual strangers. What risk, what reward. And as Unitarian Universalists, we've stayed with a religion that is imperfect, risking that it is the right place for our spiritual search. We've dared to give that elevator speech, dared to explain what we believe. What risk? What reward? So let's celebrate for a moment. Unitarian Universalists take risks. We jump in, splash around, come in, the water's cold, and I have no idea where I am, but I am here. I came here. But the whole thing is a journey, and you can't stop just because you made it to Harvard Square or Park Street or Alewife or Mattapan. There's more out there. There's the South Shore and Lowell and the Cape. There's Philadelphia and Nashville. There's even northern Minnesota and Texas and Manitoba and Oslo and Harare and Caracas and Elephant Island on the way to Antarctica. Holy geez. It's a big world, geographically and spiritually. Langston Hughes writes a poem called, I've Known Rivers. I've known rivers. I've known rivers ancient as the world and older than the flow of human blood in human veins. My soul has grown deep like the rivers. I bathed in the Euphrates when dawns were young. I built my hut near the Congo and it lulled me to sleep. I looked upon the Nile and raised the pyramids above it. I heard the singing of the Mississippi when Abe Lincoln went down to New Orleans and I've seen its muddy bosom turn all golden in the sunset. I've known rivers, ancient dusky rivers, my soul has grown deep like rivers. To know rivers, to let our souls grow deep like rivers, this is an adventure, this is a dare, this is risky work. This is going into a cave behind a waterfall, following an unknown passageway. This is prayer, this is meditation, this is letting go. This is laying down the question of how deep and getting in. 
In the middle of writing this sermon, I had an opportunity to attend a meeting of a group called Ministry in Motion across the street at Harvard Divinity School. I got an email describing the plan for Ministry in Motion's meeting. It read, We'll be dancing our divine and demonic selves as we move through the process of embodying various deities and demons that inhabit our bodies and minds as laid out in the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Immediately, I was reminded how much I prefer writing sermons to taking spiritual risks. (laughs) But my fear of dancing my demons collapsed quickly in the face of my greater fear of being a really big hypocrite. So I went. I, like Reverend Lilia Cuervo and many of you, love to dance. I love to dance in clubs, in the kitchen, on the wide floor of a dance studio. But on that day, charged with dancing my divine and my demonic selves in Andover Chapel, I was flooded with anxiety and self-consciousness. I thought about the papers that had to be written, the hymns for today, maybe too many, this sermon. The music was infectious, but I held the experience at arm's length analyzing the facilitator's technique, flinching at my own movement. I pushed away the swirling images that came to me, tamped down my energy, favoring control over freedom, worry over intuitive experience. I was afraid of getting into it, of letting go too much, of doing it wrong. My spirit was not getting wet. I was asking, how deep is this river? Where is it going? Where is it coming from? I was saying, before I get my spirit wet, I really need to know how deep. Doing anything for the first time has an odd shape, an anxiety-producing thought, that great fear of doing it all wrong, the worry that I'm just wasting my time, that instead of touching the transcendent, I'll have spent an hour rolling on the ground when I could have been writing this sermon. These all come to me in the blur of self-consciousness before meditation, before prayer, before standing in front of my altar and lighting the incense. In this great faith of theological risk-taking, where we are empowered to the free and responsible search for truth and meaning, why does spiritual seeking feel so not adventuresome sometimes? Why does spiritual seeking sometimes lack that presence of vital life energy that we find in physical travel? If spiritual seeking is like swimming, How many of us are standing on dry ground, peering at the water, skeptical and aloof, saying, I don't know, just want to know how deep. Dan Eldon lived wildly, vibrantly. As a young person, he eschewed norms and formality for intense expression and experience. Besides creating the photo, with photograph and pen and collage the 17 notebooks that document his travels, he made a living as a photojournalist for Reuters, documenting famine and civil struggle in Somalia, 
and the destitution and resilience of refugee camps in Malawi. In 1993, at the age of 22, Dan was stoned to death by a mob reacting to the United Nations bombing of the suspected headquarters of Mohammed Farah Adid. After Eldon's death, his mother and sister collected the pages that make up the journey is the destination. As a teenager, Eldon's story moved me to be present in life in a whole new way. In the difficult and beautiful collages of Eldon's black books, I saw the immediacy and desire of my own expression. If he could live so boldly and die for want of living quietly, maybe I could too. Death flames the fire of life. We embrace the adventure of the present because we don't know how long we have it. The fragility of our existence impacts our lives as spiritual people. It makes us afraid, and it also inspires us to venture forth. In making the case for boldness in our spiritual seeking, I think of adrenaline, that life-saving human energy that makes our eyes glint, our breath rush, our blood pound quick and alive. This stuff is good for our theology. It's good for our spirit, just as it's good for hockey games and political campaigns. We usually see our spiritual crises, our dark nights of the soul, as very bad, very bad. We do not feel like spiritual seekers when we're grasping for the light. We do not celebrate this grist. We do not want to be that lost. When it comes to travel, sometimes it's easier to love getting lost love breaking down, love letting life happen. The times of greatest risk, both in travel and in spiritual seeking, can be the times of greatest ecstasy. I bathed in the Euphrates when dawns were young. I built my hut near the Congo and it lulled me to sleep. Energy is energy, fear, and joy. If we ask how deep and we're answered, very, very deep, well, we can still jump. We'll still float, no matter how many miles of ocean dwell below us. No, we won't know the power of a wave until we're riding it. The surface of water disguises what's below. We never really know how deep. I looked upon the Nile and raised the pyramids above it. I heard the singing of the Mississippi when Abe Lincoln went down to New Orleans, and I've seen its muddy bosom turn all golden in the sunset. There is a link between the ability to be emotionally vulnerable to take risks 
in love and connection with our fellow humans, intimacy, and the ability to be spiritually vulnerable, to take risks in love and connection with the transcendent, ultimacy. What do you believe? What risks are you taking in your spiritual path? How are you letting your spirit get wet? Langston Hughes knew that a soul has to travel to know rivers. Dan Eldon knew that the journey was the destination that we'd better clean our windows so that when we break down, and we will break down, we can enjoy the beauty of the view. Glory, glory, hallelujah, we are alive. We are on a great adventure. The water is here, the deep calls. We don't need to know how deep. Amen. Blessed be.